Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with my twin brother Henry, as was last week's episode, but I pulled that down because there were some criticisms regarding sound quality and I didn't want to subject you to that if I could have another conversation with Hen and just put that up instead. Um, Post hoc, some people said the sound quality was fine, so... Anyway, this is going to be a slightly long intro because I've got a bunch of things to talk about. It's been a big week, Um, about about 10 minutes if you want to skip over this, if you're not interested in me talking to myself about myself. (laughs) Um, But the three things, I guess, that are worth talking about that happened this week, notably, are my trial show of Six Easy Steps and uh, my TEDx talk and meeting some TCAST listeners, which was super cool. So I, um, as I said, I was thinking very seriously about cancelling my show. Right up until the very last minute I thought about cancelling it because I was sort of incapable of being creative um, in a way that wasn't talking about the problems that are going on at the moment. Um, so I put it off and put it off and just couldn't... Like, I had tweets that I've written over the last year. I had articles that I've written over the last year. I had content that I could turn into a show if I wanted to do it that way, but I wanted to have a a spine to the show and a point to the show and a story to the show. And um, I had an idea of what I wanted that to be, but I couldn't make it happen. Mainly, I think, because it was kind of silly and fun, the idea, the original idea I had for the show I was going to wear costumes and do different characters and and that was not happening. Um, but in the end, my anger <laughs> with Mr, well, I believe God heals, um, pr- spurred me into writing a, maybe a tirade, if you will, which ended up serving as the backbone of the show and, and became what I thought was quite an interesting meditation on meditation, jeez like an interesting show about belief and and inspiration and, and transcendence. Um, and as a trial show, I think it was a solid show. I didn't want to do it as a show if it was going to be good considering the circumstances, like even as a trial show. And that's a difficult moment to pick because obviously a trial show is not a whole show and it's not a complete show and it's not mind-blowing. It's not going to be polished. But I thought... I wouldn't do it unless, even as a trial show, it was worth the ticket price. And with my trial shows of all kinds, and this is for your future reference, I guess, um, I assuage my guilt about asking people to pay for tickets by saying that if you come to the trial show, any of my trial shows, you then get a free ticket to any further iteration of that show for as long as that show is done. So, for example... And I think also just as a general rule, if you've come to one of my shows and you're interested in seeing it as it progresses, even if it's not a trial show, just email me, um, alicerfraser at gmail.com, and I will let you come to any show. I'll put you on the door. Um, I think that's kind of a fair deal because at a trial show stage, uh, you are helping me as much as I'm helping you, helping, you know, you, um, part of part of I think what you pay for I think should be not just the skeleton of a show but a further more fleshed out show. Um, 
So I was pleased that I did something, that I am not completely crippled. Um, doing a bunch of gigs, trying to figure out the balance. Uh, everything that I'm saying yes to at the moment, I'm saying yes to with a caveat. I might have to pull out and I, there's an unquantifiable chance that I will just not be able to make it, uh, which is kind of the stage that we're getting to which is devastating, uh, but that is the thing <coughs> that's shaping everything at the moment. The second thing that I wanted to talk about was the TEDx talk, which I did at Macquarie Uni, which was very funny. Um, well, I'm not saying I was very funny. The circumstance was funny. I was last speaker. I was meant to be following a woman called Churia Pitt, so it was Turia and then a um, space video or some sort of TEDx video and then me. The thing about Turia Pitt is she is an ex-ultramarathon runner who was caught in a bushfire and horribly burned, like horribly cripplingly burned, very badly disfigured and she got up and she gave this amazing speech about her capacity to overcome the pain and the, the self-loathing and the, this rewriting of your whole personality that comes with going from being a beautiful young woman at the peak of health to being just so devastatingly hurt and how going through that, you know made her believe in her capacity to be more than, you know, she had thought she could be and how now her job in life is basically going around telling people um, that they can be more than, than they think and that they can overcome things and they're stronger than they think. Anyway, she was incredibly inspirational uh, to the point where the MC, uh, who was to announce the video, instead got flustered and came on with just crying and <laughs> announced me sobbing <laughs> your next act that kind of thing and I was backstage saying wasn't there meant to be a video and they were like yeah yeah never mind never mind just go just go so I went out onto this red dot in lecture theatre in front of 500 people and the videos that the video cameras that will then put this talk on the internet for all eyes uh I stepped out and people were still crying in the audience and, and, and I was still kind of, you know, a bit shaken up by this amazing woman and her speech and just had to, had to do it, had to do my funny, stupid jokes about body image issues, Jesus, and uh, death and then I think the jokes went okay because I know the jokes well and then I think I kind of stumbled on the the moral of the story, as it were. Um, but it was a very... It's a very different thing <laughs> to walk out to a crowd that's in tears um, and try to turn them back into your crowd. They were hers to the hilt and justifiably they were her crowd... And if I had had the call, I would have said do the video or end of the day here after her speech. Um, 
but I went out and did mine and I think I did decently well given the circumstances and again I never want I never want given the circumstances you never want the pity clap you never want to have done well despite something but I think I did I think I did so well you can look it up I think the videos will be coming out in the next week or so um if they put mine up I'm not I don't know if I counted as a legit speaker if I was just the comedian Uh, but yeah we'll see in um other news I met two podcast listeners in the course of a couple of days one was one of the MCs not the one who announced me crying but one of the other MCs for the TEDx and uh she was wonderful and then I also met Peter Langstaff, who came to my trial show uh, and introduced himself afterwards. And Irish breakfast. I reckon I want something that you Don't can have. Do I'd really love some lapsang. Okay. Lapsang souchong. Let's see if there's any lapsang I don't think we have any. You see, I think the lapsang souchong would complement the breakfast salad that I'm eating, which is, um, you probably hear me chewing, which is, I imagine, terrible radio etiquette, terrible podcast etiquette. But it's a breakfast salad of a leftover lamb chop, some eggs, scrambled, um, and some baby There leaf. is no lapsang souchong. Mm, just, an, just like English breakfast or Earl Grey, please. A bit of milk. Thank you. Milk or honey? Milk with a little bit of honey, please. So? Are the chewing sounds that I'm making coming out of this? Because that would be terrible. Probably not. Uh, if they are, I'll edit them out. Mm. Um, this uh, kind of bacon, the kind of bacon made from coconuts, says crispy, smoky, salty goodness, straight up pure snacking pleasure, but I read it as crispy, smoky, salty goodness, straight up pube snacking pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do look a little bit kind of wispy, don't they? Yeah. They're not very nice. Kind. It's kind, Well, I got it as part of a gift pack. I respect the pun. Kind of bacon. Yeah. yeah, but they're always like that. They're like... No, not usually. Tofurky. Yeah, that's different. Not, this not is a pun. This is kind... It's kind of bacon and it's kind of Oh, as bacon. in more, more benevolent. Humane. I took... Not, um, not bacon. There's no pun in not bacon. It's just... It's not, not bacon. bacon. Yeah. Um, I took uh, Pat Brown to a vegan cafe... Um, which was amazing. Mm, he told me. He's the manliest man alive. I live tweeted it. It was great. I saw him. It was amusing. Oh, thank you. Don't say amusing. It sounds so uh, so passive aggressive. 
It was diverting. It was, I was momentarily <coughs> diverted from mm. the sorrow. See, I have had a surge in Twitter followers of late. Mm. So you told them this is a good thing. Yeah. The power, the power. Ah, ha, 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 ha. I think really, you really can't until you're in the hundreds of thousands. True. Well, I'm very, very, very far away from hundreds of thousands, but I have thousands. It is kind of weird now how, so, you know, I imagine that, say, someone like Jesus mm. in the day would have had a following of, what, a thousand people, two thousand people? Mm. Maybe more. And now, just like a young Australian comedian also has a following of 1,600 people who um, patiently attend your next proclamation. Yes, but I can't make them do things. Like, I can't make them sacrifice themselves to the lions by refusing well, they might. to convert. Well, that doesn't happen until later. By refusing to say that they don't like me. Nobody would go to the lions because people would say that they didn't like me. It doesn't happen until you die a grisly death for your comedy. I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not for comedy, but that's kind of what happened with Churia Pitt. She, she suffered this horrible injury. And now, she's in, now she has a career sort of from it. But you would never make that trade. It's like we have a friend who we're in law review with. Yes. Oh, Jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got blinded in an eye in a game of soccer as a kid. Was it soccer? Yeah, I think, I, think, something else. I think it was soccer for school, and then the insurance payout meant that he could get like an apartment when he was like twenty-one. But you would never make that trade. No, I'd probably rather have my eyes. Yeah. Some, some people might make that trade. Yeah, but you just couldn't. Like, if you uh, <clears throat> if you asked somebody to make that trade, you would be like the jigsaw guy in those movies that I've saw. Yes, that... <laughs> the jigsaw guy. Yeah. 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 You don't like you. You're not setting up these complex thought experiments. Although you know you could learn a lot, I'm sure. Well, those thought experiments, are like, are you willing to torture yourself in, in you know, just yeah. Alive? Look, if he was writing a paper, and published his results, it would be more justifiable. Not justifiable, but more justifiable than just doing it for sick amusement. Or maybe like, he was running a paper. Was he collecting data? What, what was his methodology? It doesn't seem very precise. There's, not, there's certainly not a lot of replications of the same experiment. No, there's no control. There's no control group. There's no... Maybe you should write to him. I should Dear write. Dear Jigsaw Guy. Dear Jigsaw Guy. <laughs> your saw. methodology is flawed. I don't think there is a Jigsaw. I think it's just a saw. I think his name is Jigsaw. But I don't know why I think that, because I've never seen the movies. <laughs> <laughs> But how do you know anything? Like I know. As far as I can tell, that's often your method. <laughs> Just form a conclusion <laughs> for no reason about something. It sounds convincing. Stick with it. Say it in public. I don't know if I stand by that. Tell me an example. You just did it then. <laughs> okay. That's a, that was a good example. <laughs> yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong then. You had twisties last night and a slurpee. Yes, twisties, which must surely cause cancer. Probably. You just have to look at them and surely they do. They're certainly not good for you. 
And but a Slurpee is probably not either. It's not a colour that is found in nature exactly. Yeah, but it's it's sort of just ice and um. I mean, except in like really lurid sunsets. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you find both those colours in the lurid sunset. Sort of weird cola brown and the pink thing. Mm. I don't have the blue one. But did it make you happy? Just made my mouth cold. Similar. <laughs> Similar to being happy. Happiness. <laughs> oh no. You dropped your tea thing in the tea. That's what will happen if you fiddle. See, I object to putting milk in the tea before the tea bag is steeped because then the temperature of steeping is reduced. Mm, but there wasn't that much milk. Are you becoming a tea... No, there wasn't that. We need. We should have got milk. Um, are you becoming a tea snob living in England? No. No, I've never been much of a tea drinker. I do enjoy a cup of tea. Mm. Well, it's not a habit. I only sort of have it when I go somewhere else. Or when someone comes over, then I offer them a cup of tea, because that's what you do. Yeah. You offer people a cup of tea. I would feel like you should probably offer biscuits, but I never have biscuits. You should no, have... no, we do, actually. We always have biscuits that Linda's mum sends from Australia. Yeah, we have Tim Tams, yeah. I've noticed actually is overseas that Australians, you know, I think there was a time, this is probably a really kind of hackneyed observation, there was a time when the standard Australian mode of engagement with Europe was, you know, cultural cringe and sort of a sense of inferiority. But actually what I noticed is that Aussies are really um, quite jingoistic. Parochial. Well, like, all the Aussies at uni... I'm at uni in the UK, uh, constantly telling English people, they're like, oh, you just don't really understand good coffee. And, yeah. Uh, like, this is a good coffee and that's not a good coffee. Um, sort of coffee snobs, food snobs, like, do you, know, do you even know what brunch is? Like, do you even? <laughs> um, and then, like, constantly talking about, like, how great Australia is, which is nice that people should be proud of Australia. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess, I mean, you're at Oxford, so... If you want to listen to the episode I did with Henry in Oxford, look back. I think it's called The Twin Cast. Um, but, yeah, surely there's a particular class of, like, brunch-having coffee snobs that end up in Oxford. Yeah. Not exactly, a, you know, it's not exactly a evenly distributed spread of culture. No, but there is this sort of, like, it's almost a bit like Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, we've become a bit like that that everything is better back in Texas or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, brunch is obviously better here, obviously. Obviously. But, and, you know... If only because, like, a significant proportion of the deliciousness of brunch is, like, sunshine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just to be able to sit outside. You know, you want your eggs, you want your avocado, you want your toast, you want your vitamin D. And streaming beams of yellow sunshine catching the particles of dust in Ideally, you have a water view... Yeah. You don't have to have a water view. If you're a hipster, you could be in inner west. And have a view of, like, a gritty pavement. But no. With streaming beams of golden sunshine catching the, like, Yeah, and then, like, some the green pavement. thing growing out of somewhere. Hard. Heartily. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm on that. Um, so, so I, brunch is making you happy? Well, I, yeah, and coffee and brunch are really nice. They are really nice here. But I do notice it myself that I that I have this tendency to be like, well, in Australia, like blah 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 blah. Um, in Australia, one thing my particular snobbery is about was still remains about um, attitudes 
to sport. Mm. Oh, um, yeah, you ask someone what their sport is in England and they go like, oh, I don't know. No, 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 not like that at all. No? It's like people who do sport. Well, two, two things, two experiences, mm-hmm. really on the opposite end of the spectrum. One, you know, you're brought up here to develop a hearty disrespect for English, for pommy, sporting prowess. Mm-hmm. But actually, having gone over there and tried to do a sport... It's insane. Um, not even seriously, but just doing it, you know, for fun. I did rowing. Um, you have to be pretty um, committed to do sport when it's like you have to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and it's actually snowing. And then, you know, you have to get yourself, like, wet. And it's and horrible. It's snowing, and it's horrible, yeah. And you have your toes and fingers are frozen and there's, like, frozen snot coming out of your nose. And, like, the sweat is kind of forming... You know, like the even just like the vapor is forming like ice crystals on you from the wind chill. Like, that's that's a different level. So, on the one hand, my respect for English sports has massively increased. But there is one thing about uh, that. There's this sort of conservative attitude towards mm. uh, competition that you take that you kind of play it safe. So you don't lose. Yeah, that you think about not losing or, like, rather than thinking aggressively. I guess Aussies always have a kind of reckless sporting attitude or from that perspective. Mm. So, yeah, I remember with absolute shock our coach not telling us which crew that we should try and beat. Or not telling us to try and win, but just try, telling us to not try and to try not to lose. And I just thought that was so negative. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. Was it realistic or...? Well, not, not in this... Con- I'm not going to explain the context of a particular bizarre sporting event, but the basically the obvious strategy for anyone who's got a bit of, you know, chutzpah is to just go the most aggressive way. That's the only, only obviously viable way to play this particular sport. Mm. And, and yet they were willing to take what just for the sake of not being overly aggressive, what seemed like a less strategically viable approach because that was more English. Mm. And then they're all really like, oh, yeah, we tried. You know, we shouldn't feel down. We, we really tried. I was like, we didn't try to win. Like, yeah. why, are you, why are you, like, patting yourselves on the back for, like, not trying to win and then not winning? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how they have to be uh, now that they've given up the empire. Psychologically, they have to be okay with not winning. Well, it's okay to be okay with not winning, but not if you never tried to win. Yeah, but, like, they associate trying to win with, like, the Indian Revolution. Do they? Do they really? No, I just made that up. (laughs) Example number two. Example number two. (laughs) (laughs) So have you been reading bad fantasy novels? Well, we talked about this in our last podcast, which is going to go up again, didn't we? Did we? Yes. It's okay. We can talk about it more if you like. I propose a different subject of conversation. Okay. Um, <laughs> massive block. Yeah, massive um, block and also like let's try not to lose rather than what have a winning attitude. What's the topic? Rather than we can talk about fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all right. We'll talk about fantasy so, so then we'll talk about my block. thing. No, 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 talk about your thing. No, I'll block that. I'll block that right out of the park. Um, well, I mean, the conversation we had last time was you pretentiously m- m- wittering on about your how you can't read anything but Edwardian realism. <laughs> Victorian, Victorian realism with Sorry. with an exception for Edward, like Ian Forster. 
pretty yeah. much. Who's awesome. I didn't mean that was pretentious. You're allowed to have taste. Well, that's what I was enjoying for a period, but I told that I got tired of it. I got tired of the, of having to contrive to care about issues that a are problem. issues. Well, it probably still is a problem, but I just can't identify with it. Like, Tess of the Dobervilles, like, the big problem is they're so stupid and ignorant because they're peasants. And it's like, oh, the injustice of it all because they're so well, stupid and ignorant. We used to work with that woman who was... Uh, Hen and I used to work in a cafe with a woman who was a short-order chef. And she was, like, super old-school peasant, like like from a Tolstoy book or something. No, but she wouldn't be like, oh, yes... I'll send my daughter off into the care of this, like, completely dubious and creepy... True. And try the and, equation like, of, like, not having uh, book smarts or even logic, necessarily, with not having any kind of moral sense or actual sense is a stupid one. Because you can be super uneducated. You can even be downright stupid and still go, like, don't hook up with that idiot. Well, yeah, exactly. He's bad news. He's bad news. Yeah, you can... No, you can do that. Um, but I think we already talked about... Well, oh, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? This is an interesting subject for you. It's also a free podcast. Yeah, free podcast. So... If you didn't yeah. like it, email me. Um, yeah, just turn it into a sort of a marketing network opportunity for... Yeah. <laughs> turn the negatives into positive marketing. Yeah, the less you like this... <laughs> the less you like this, the more, more you, you should, should retweet it. Yeah. And, like, social network about it. Like, put it on Instagram. I don't know how, but, like... Well, that happened with Elizabeth Farrelly's article, which I don't necessarily agree with, and she slightly misquoted my joke, which is always a, a problem with journalists, journalists saying jokes that comedians have said, because they paraphrase, and jokes are not really paraphrasable. Like, a tight one-liner joke is like a poem. Every word is in, in the right place. So if you paraphrase it, it becomes flaccid and weird. I don't think you can complain. It just about becomes someone. an I interesting point. I don't think point. you can complain about someone <clears throat> going out of their way to quote you. In yeah, she quoted me, and I got a lot of traction because people disagreed with her article, but then they thought the joke was funny, and that was cool because it reflected well on me and all of that. But I think you can mm. also point out if something's a misquote. But, I mean, it's more interesting than anything in that, like, the meaning of the joke was diminished by virtue of the slight reorganisation of the words in the joke. But then does the reorganisation of the words help the article to flow? And then is that a fair compromise to make? I don't think so. I think it is really like a poem, especially when it's a one-liner. But you is it at the beginning? The is it at the beginning of the article? Yeah. Because they sort of have a formula of how you have to start the article. Yeah. It was at the beginning. It was in the Shakespeare slot, as I say. You know, what a piece of work is man, and today this piece of Uh, toilet paper is, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, So it was in that spot, which was an awesome. It's an awesome spot to be because it meant that it was quoted twice in the paper, in the sort of lead-in, in in the teaser section, and then in the actual article. But again. If you think of it as the Shakespeare slot, you wouldn't misquote Shakespeare. You wouldn't be like, so it's like being or maybe not. Yes, I'm, yeah. I am Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, I think that there is insufficient credit given to 
the form of the joke rather than the content of attention. the joke. Attention. I don't know about credit being the right word here. Attention. Yes. To the yeah. like, you need to acknowledge that without the structure and the specific words, many jokes are just good points. Yeah. Or interesting observations, and it doesn't rise above that to be actually funny unless you get it right. Yeah, fair enough. But then maybe that's what the value to that article was, the interesting observation rather than the funniness of it. Yes. And but you're she still was coming across as incisive and perspicacious. I, 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 which I am. I don't know if it was that great an observation. Also, half the joke is sort of mimed, so I can... <laughs> Give her some leeway for quoting or like filling in the words that were implied by my stupid face expression. So you just want to complain? I just want, no, no, no. I think that it, I mean the original is in a tweet as well, so you can actually find the original thing as it's worded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, if you were a real journalist, oh come on, <laughs> she's like this person's done you a massive favour. She didn't do me a favour. Come on. Right. Not a f- no, she hasn't done you a favour, but it's given you a boost. Has it not given you a boost? It has given me a yet? boost, but that doesn't mean I can't complain. All right, all right. Um, but um, yeah, what was your thing that you wanted to talk about? Well, actually, it's probably an apt time, which is about... Uh, we were just saying the other day how um, one of the most lovely things about our mum is that she's not judgmental. Uh, and that doesn't sound... Uh, it doesn't sound that impressive but actually it is because most people are judgmental about everything mm. um, in some way or another whereas she always just has positive well it's not that she has no judgment because that's a that's makes a criticism. like a jellyfish well yeah but it's it's that she's not flat she just yeah no she's just always it's so hard to describe, isn't it? That she just always... Um, her response to everything was love. Yeah, That's... she just cared about what happened, but not in a way that made you feel weird or guilty or stupid or anything like that. Like, I never thought twice about telling her things. And on, and on, the, on the, the corollary to that... On the corollary? And the corollary to that was that she... If you did something that was like... Praiseworthy, yeah. <laughs> then she also wasn't, you know, she didn't make you feel like your value was determined by your success or failure in anything, including in how you dealt with something. Yeah, so it was sort of like if you did really well at something, she'd be like, "Oh, that's lovely," but you didn't really get the impression that it changed her opinion of you. And equally, if you had walked in and been like, "Oh, I just did heroin and then I threw up." in front of everyone, she'd be like, oh, sweetheart, are you okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> not that I have, you know, but you, yeah, and, yeah, and we were exactly. quite well-behaved kids, so I don't know what would have happened if we had actually been uh, really bad, if she would have dredged up some judgment, but I think she wouldn't have. I get the impression that she wouldn't Well, have. if you were naughty, then you got in trouble. Yeah. And she was sort of... Well, I that was when we were really talent. little. Yeah, but, oh, but yeah... I suppose it's that talent of being able to uh, separate incident from attitude. That's a terrible way of putting it. No, I know what you mean. So um, you just, oh, that was a bad thing, or that was a good thing. It just didn't seem to impact how much she loved you. 
And it's so course, newsflash, mother gives unconditional love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I know, that, I know, but it feels sounds like that's what it we're saying. It sounds like that's what we're um, saying, but it's 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 beyond that. It's just it's a very special thing that I'm going to try to cultivate more of in myself. Yeah, I would like to as well. Um, it's a sort of it's it. It was without. It was a version of that like Thai thing, like my pen right. What's my never mind? Mi- never mind. But never. without latitude, without being passive. Yeah, or apathetic. It was just, oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. Yeah, that's the thing, <laughs> that you'd come in and you'd be like, there was this boy and then the people at school were bullying me. And oh, like that. I remember that time when um, those girls who used to bully me at high school set up this elaborate thing where they made me think that some guy liked me and oh, then God. they said he was going to ask me out but then one of them was like, now he's going out with me. And I had, yeah, it was just this, oh, it was so, so so grotesque and it was so obvious and I was like, why would they do that? Why would they, like, it wasn't even if I, as if I was interested and then they kind of set it up and cultivated this whole elaborate thing (laughs) just to make me sad. Why would they do that? And she'd just be like, never, and I'd been so stupid and I was like, she'd just be like, never mind. It's okay. Yeah. Well, whatever the opposite quality is of that conniving like hyper consciousness of uh emotional vulnerability and like playing on it yeah that's mum. <laughs> yeah she just reassured everybody yeah and she still does i think she's always like you find these weird things where like a nurse will walk in and be like oh lucy you know i saw you last time i was here like last time you were in this ward which was you know six months ago and she'll go Oh, Don, how's your son? Did he pass his exams? Like, yeah. Just amazing. That's an amazing thing. I yeah. never notice anyone or care about them. <laughs> <laughs> Sociopath. No, I, I, I've actually no, been. I know, I it's know. an interesting one. I, people have been well, saying that, you know, I'm coping quite well. And I say, I think I'm coping as well as. You can cope without worrying if you're a sociopath. Because <laughs> if you're like, I'm fine, then there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But never once has it crossed my mind that I might be a sociopath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone occasionally has sociopathic tendencies. What are yours? I don't miss people. When I'm not in the... I do miss people when I'm in that frame of mind to miss people. Yeah. But then, like, I'll totally just forget about everyone. Like me? <laughs> yeah, like you, like everyone. Hmm. Unless I turn my mind to it, but I'm just, I can just be like, oh, it's just not part of my life anymore. Yeah, but I think that's, I think that's less sociopathic than it is something that we just haven't adjusted for. So, like, it's not normal in the kind of evolutionary process to have people that are part of your life who you don't see for a year or two or six months or whatever. I don't know. I think that's normal enough. People wandering around. But then when you see them again, you're happy to see them. Yeah. No, I am. But when they're not there, then it's not functional to just miss them all the time. No. I tend not to miss people. I miss miss my wife. But um, I tend not to miss people. Yeah. Too much. 
But you are, you know, one person joined under God if you had been married in religious ceremony. So, like, you're allowed to miss her. But I sound like I'm really mean because I do miss you guys too. But I don't. But not actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just change the subject. <laughs> no, I don't take it. I don't take that personally. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Amazing. Why is there a pen that has my name on it? Um, they, they get, I get one every six months from the oh, oh, animal shelter. Oh, guilt charity. Yeah, guilt charity, yeah. yeah so yeah. They, um, they send a thing like, like, here's your complimentary gift. Yeah, here's your complimentary gift. You so, stingy bastard. So they send it and then they send postcards. And, and I just use the pens because then I, then I re- use the pens and I think, oh, Henry Fraser. And I think, I think fondly of you when you're not here um, because I have a pen with your name on it to remind me. So well, maybe you should consider doing something like that so that you miss me. <laughs> well, maybe you should send me pens with your name on them. <laughs> Guilt pens? Maybe you're not sending me enough pens. No, maybe that's the moral of the story. Oh, dear. Well, maybe it could be like that sort of um, pre-telephone practice of leaving a card, a calling card. Yeah. That you could just occasionally just send a card. Oh, well, I do that by just saying hello on Facebook or like... Liking one of your boring articles or, that you put up. Yeah, or one of those finger things That's on Facebook. That's not true. They're not boring. They're very interesting. Oh, it's as you, you make of them what you will. <laughs> um, okay, I think we can probably wrap this up, but unless you have anything else that you wanted to talk about before you head in. I was going to make scathing comments about what you find boring. No, like that's The suffering not true. I was of other human beings, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. No, um, but I decided not to. Because you're thought a I'd get benevolent person and not a sociopath. Yeah. And that is the, um, I think it's negatio, where you say you're not doing what you actually are yeah. doing. Negatio. I would not call my opponent a filthy swine hound. No. Or suggest that he has inappropriate feelings towards children. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, negatio. Negatio. Rhetoric. 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 I miss that. Is, do you think that the H there is supposed to um, signify some particular aspiration, like rhetoric? No. <laughs> there's, there's your ham-fisted theory for the day. No, 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 but, but those Greek words, they like rhythm, rhythm. You don't say <laughs> rhythm. Rhythm and rhyme and You don't say that. Rhetoric. Don't. Yeah. Do you? No. I say this is you just... I, see, I speculate, you assert, with no evidence. Um, but I'm open to uh, argument. So you think that it's better to ask for whatever it is. Forgiveness, forgiveness than, than permission, permission. Essentially when stating things as fact. I think it... No, I think... I mean, I don't... I don't know. I, think, I, I generally say, I think it's this. I don't say, it is, it is thus. No, you do. You do no, say I it is thus. You I definitely don't. say it is thus. No, I say, I think. I think it's probably something like blah. I, th- I said, I think his name is Jigsaw. No, no, no. I think you said, well, we could, there's evidence <laughs> there's here. There's evidence we could go back. So someone can, you can rewind. If we could be bothered, but I don't think um, we can. No, I definitely can't be bothered. Definitely not. Um, but this is sort of degenerating into... <laughs> Random accusations and finger pointing. Um, now that you've got a pen with your name on it, you're mad with megalomaniac <laughs> power. Yes. So I think uh, the thing to do is say you're having tea with Alice and um, call it a day. I'm having tea with Alice. <laughs>